Welcome back to WCKS The Whale Radio. I'm Nelson Hubble. I'm joined by Jackson Hyde, and this is the SPO Radio Show, Sports Plus Opinion. And we got a lot of things we want to talk about, Jackson. Yeah, we got NFL playoffs, we got AFC Championships, Super Bowl preview, some coaching free agency, NCAA basketball. We got some matchups coming up, uh, Big Ten recap, NBA, some MLB, and maybe VSU sports if we have time. Yeah, so let's start with the AFC and NFC Championship. Uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Lamar threw it too much. I think that was the easy easy answer there for me. Threw it 37 times, and they had less than 100 yards rushing. Well, on eight carries, he had 54 yards, so they clearly should have been running it more with him and with Gus Edwards, who had a pretty good yards per carry. I think it was over five as well. Jackson, uh, what do you think the key to that? Do you think it was the run, running game? Do you think that's why the Ravens struggled so much on offense, or did the Chiefs pose something on defense that forced him into that situation yeah just don't stray away from what you normally do I think that was a big issue there we saw that a lot I mean Lamar still had a decent game 272 yards 20 for 37 a touchdown uh, but and at 54 yards on the ground uh, yeah. yeah on the ground too but I don't know I, I think the Ravens really needed to continue letting uh, Lamar scramble um, I, I they just they just strayed away from that and that's kind of just what nipped him in the butt in my opinion yeah there were a couple times where he and I think using him as a runner in general you need to use him more but there were a couple times too where I saw him standing in the pocket and he had nobody open downfield he ended up getting sacked and he had huge rushing lanes uh, in front of him before the pocket collapsed around him Uh, and so I think the Chiefs they won the game yes felt like the Ravens really like you mentioned got away from what works best for them and I understand trying to protect Lamar but in the playoffs man you just got to throw it all out there the Lions, though, do you want to do? Let's talk about the Lions. I guess uh, that was tough. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of unfortunate to see a lot of that stuff happen. Um, I mean, I knew I kind of called it last week on the show. The Lions, like I, I knew the Niners did the same thing to the Packers. The Packers got out yeah. hot, and then the Niners came back in the second half, kind of shut them down. Same thing happened to the Lions. Um, it was just it was. Uh, upsetting and in, in some ways um one thing i for sure for me as a lions yeah, fan yeah <laughs> yeah i just one thing that's kind of unfortunate to hear from a lot of lions fans or them calling for dan campbell's head um i just i just think it's i think it's stupid yeah. do not say that because you would not be in the position where you were t- this year without him i agree and i think we probably agree on this as well the fourth down going forward on fourth down was that's their identity you don't get away from that you it's kind of like what we said about the ravens it's like do what you do best. Lions are a great fourth down team. They went for it twice. They didn't get it. Sure, in retrospect, yeah, maybe I would have liked them to kick it. But that is what it, what it is. Calling for Campbell's head, uh, saying he should be fired is ridiculous. I, I don't think there are a ton of Lions fans that they can't seriously believe that, even if they're saying it. Uh, as mad as I was after the game... It just felt like the Lions blew it, right? They go up 24 to 7 and then they blow it in the second half. I think gave up 27 unanswered points or something like that before they scored a garbage time touchdown. So pretty much zero points in the second half. Garbage time doesn't mean anything to me. And uh I think it took some luster off the game having blown that lead. Yeah. Um I I think towards the end of the game too was a little bit interesting. Um I didn't really like the call uh, to run the ball there on third down before no. they passed it. I think that was a terrible idea. I think you should have continued to pass it because that way, if you know, if it's incomplete, then the time stops. But you had to burn a timeout, and ultimately, that's what ended up costing you. Yeah, I, I think so too. I that's one thing I, I really don't understand. And you always see, uh, and it's the joke that like, hey, 
if you if the coach just played a little more Madden, he'd understand clock management, which is like it's funny and it's like, but it's also true. I really kind of believe that is that if Dan Campbell had played a little bit more Madden in his days, he would have understand uh, understood how important those three timeouts were and keeping those three. And I was screaming at the TV once they ran it and called the timeout. I knew it was over. Like I knew it was over, over. They couldn't they couldn't stop the 49ers. They didn't have a chance. That was it. Uh, and so, you know, that is what that is. We can move on from that. But I wanted to mention Ben Johnson coming back to the Lions. He was in uh, for one of the Washington jobs. He was one of the, or for the job. He was one of the candidates there. And then Seattle didn't seem as much in the ballpark. But Ben Johnson turned down the commanders when they were flying, or at least in the midst of traveling to Detroit, to interview him and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Lions, which is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a big get to get him back, even though they didn't. They struggled in the second half. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel definitely feel like the commanders are on the up and up, um, especially with the new ownership group. Of the, I, I think they got a good draft pick coming up this year. Uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of weird to turn that down, and you could definitely see something turn around. Like we saw it with the Lions, obviously, and we've seen it with a couple other teams throughout the league where, you know, a good coach has been able to turn the team around. Um, so I don't know. You made an interesting tweet, uh, last yesterday where maybe if a lot of people think Andy Reid's going to retire after this year's Super Bowl, um, don't know what that's going to look like, but you could, I, I don't know if they would go to Ben Johnson, but it's different. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. My, my thought is maybe if Johnson, because Schefter reported Johnson had a high asking price. And that might have been something that scared some teams away. Uh, but I don't really think, like, I don't know. Harbaugh got 16 mil a year on a five-year deal, so he's making $80 million. Harbaugh's an established head coach, though, coming off of a national championship. But nonetheless, someone's going to have to replace Reed this year or next. Reed, he's, what is he, 70? I think he's he's getting up there. So uh, Andy, Andy Reed is not a young man anymore. He's 65, and he's a big dude. And at some point, he's going to want to retire. And, uh, and so... Hey, maybe Ben Johnson's holding out for... I, I know he's holding out at least for a great opportunity. Uh, and so he's like, I really like the Lions culture. I like what we've built here. And he's in no hurry. And as a young guy, he shouldn't be. I think a lot of coordinators uh, who are younger are getting rushed into some jobs. And some of them are doing well. Some of them haven't. And so we'll see how that plays out. But Johnson returning, I think, is a big deal for the Lions to get some continuity there on offense. And then if we want to move topics, if you're good with that, we can jump into the Super Bowl a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl, the one that nobody wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the I don't know. It's the two best teams, I guess, that are in it. Um <laughs> I I don't know. I I just didn't want to see it. I hate seeing the same teams. We've seen the Kansas City in this position for like the last 8 years, very similar to Tom Brady and the Patriots for most of our lives. Um I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game. I I am going to be cheering for the Niners, but um, I just I don't know. I also think if the Chief, if Patrick Mahomes can figure it out, uh, I think he's going to be he's already ahead of Brady in terms of at this point in their career. I I, I called it back during Mahomes. I think first Super Bowl that. I think Mahomes is going to be better than Brady in terms of everything because Mahomes is already like records better. records wise, Rec yeah, records wise, statistically he's better than Brady already at this point in their yeah. careers. So I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, we can dive more into it next next week, but it's. Yeah. I think I think Mahomes is going to rely heavily on Pacheco and Kelsey as he's done all season. Um, I just I think now, especially with the Kadarius Tony stuff that's been going around. I don't know. Kadarius Tony's kind of a Cry baby, so 
Yeah, yeah. I I don't like Kadarius Tony. I, I don't think that the Chiefs have. He's been injured. He's kind of been talking on social media like I'm not hurt. Blah blah. I don't know. It's weird. He had a kid this weekend, so he didn't play at all. I don't think. Uh, anyways, but he said on like an Instagram live that he wasn't hurt, and the Chiefs had him marked on the injury report. So that's all weird. I don't think you want Kadarius Tony on your team at this point. He's kind of bad luck. It seems like. Uh, I don't know. I I would just stay away from that. But Richie James has kind of played a little bit better in his you know coming in for Tony anyways so well you know I don't know we'll see like you mentioned we'll talk about that next week we'll break down that game a little bit more there was a different game that happened last night that we can just briefly gloss over because at this point neither of these teams are very good especially Michigan basketball but moving to the Big Ten NCAA basketball Michigan a brutal season I think they're seven and like 13 or something like that uh, they lost last night to, last night to MSU, who's I think thirteen and nine, thirteen and eight. So I think Michigan might be seven and fourteen now. I'm not sure. They won one game in the month of January. Michigan football won two. So and the month is over after today. They're not playing a game tonight. So that's that. Uh, it's settled. Michigan sucks. Michigan State slightly better. Not very good. I don't know. Michigan State's disappointing this year too. But it's really wild to see. I saw something before we got on today, where it was uh, if. Juan, Juwan Howard, uh, if the games ended at halftime, Juwan Howard would be like a national champion every year. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. The Michigan State scored 48 compared to 27 for Michigan in the second half. Not good. No, Michigan, that's been their – That's like you mentioned, the first half, they're very good. And even without Doug McDaniel, who's still on that, like, I don't want to – it's basically a house arrest suspension. Like, he can't leave campus uh, to go travel for games. Like, he has to stay – and at and Ann Arbor because he has bad grades, so they're like, which I get, like it's a weird suspension, but I kind of get it. Uh, so he's still playing for home games. That was at the Breslin. It's still in state. Uh, it was only like an hour up the road, but uh, hour and a half, something like that. But he's not going to be able to, or he wasn't able to play that. I think he only has a couple more games left on that suspension. It's just weird. I don't know. I feel like it's a mess over in Michigan. I guess if you yeah. guys sacrifice uh, uh, Michigan national title and a Lions, you know, NFC championship appearance, I guess this is what you guys get. Well, that's interesting because uh, <laughs> the Pistons won their first game in forever, maybe this season against a team with a winning record, like a good team. They beat the Thunder 120 to 104. I think it was a 16 was the, point win. It was the day before too. Yeah. And, the Thunder and it was right first. before the Lions played in the NFC championship. Now, now the, the Pistons have been sacrificing themselves, just like Michigan basketball is doing for Michigan football, losing like the weekend of. The Pistons have been doing the same thing during the playoffs for the Lions, and then they go ahead and win, and then the Lions lose. So uh, blame the Detroit Pistons, who absolutely sucked this season for the, the Lions loss. Don't blame Dan Campbell. Uh, moving on, oh, let's talk a little bit about the MLB. I think that would be a – or if you, do you want to talk about some of the matchups this weekend in college basketball? Because Wisconsin's playing number two, Purdue, number six, Wisconsin. A lot of top ten matchups, four, actually. Yeah, no matter how uh, high up my team gets and however you know, however good our record is, um, I, I'm still going to be skeptical. I'm still going to be like, oh, we're going to go into the Big Ten tournament and blow it to Ohio State or something yeah. like that, and we're going to lose to a toothpaste uh, college or something. Colgate. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I don't know. It's going to be fun. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, we won on a buzzer beater against Purdue um, to win the regular season or a share of it anyway. Um, so it's going to be really telling as long as we can take care of Nebraska tomorrow. 
um, and we beat Purdue, we're going to have sole possession. I mean, we already have sole possession, but we're going to be firmly in first place going forward. And then after that, Wisconsin's got kind of an easy schedule until we face Illinois and Purdue in those final couple weeks. Yeah, this game might be huge for who takes the top spot in the Big Ten, right? Because Purdue's right up there. If they drop a couple games, what you never know what could happen, especially if Wisconsin wins. So oh, that's going to be a huge matchup. A couple other top ten Tennessee is playing Kentucky, which should be a really good game. Tennessee's five, Kentucky's ten. Number four, Houston. Number eight, Kansas. And then the one rivalry that it, it's maybe lost some of its luster recently, maybe lost some of the shine on it because of the changes in head coaches. Number three, UNC, and number seven, Duke. Yeah, um, it's like you said. Since the head coaches lost, I feel like the rivalry isn't is there anymore. It just I mean, maybe from a public perspective, it doesn't have quite the aura without Mike Shashevsky at Duke and Roy Williams at UNC. I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, they're still both really good teams. Both teams have four losses. Um, I'm sure they'll play one more in there. Uh, North Carolina's coming off a loss. Uh, however, they... I believe they're playing in North Carolina, and North, uh, North Carolina haven't lost at home yet this year. Yeah, let's, let me take a look at that, because... Uh, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be at UNC, so that'll be a home court advantage for them, which is crazy because these two schools are just kind of down the street from each other, like they're pretty close by, uh, and and still the I mean I guess it's season tickets and all that, and but still there's a massive home court advantage for either way. Uh, interested to see that. I will definitely try to tune into that game. I believe I'd have to look it up. When is it? Uh, 6.30 on Saturday. 6.30 on Saturday. Okay, well, we kind of have plans Saturday night. I might be able to tune in for the... Well, it might, it might work out, but we'll see. Uh, and then we can move on from college basketball, at least NCAA basketball. Do we want to talk about the MLB, or do we want to go right to GV Sports? We, we can talk about MLB a little bit. Um, one of the bigger uh, stories over... Uh, the last 24 hours really is the Baltimore Orioles sold to a new ownership group. Um, the old ownership group bought the Orioles back uh, in the nineties. They were sold, put up for bankruptcy. They could have either moved, they could have stayed in Baltimore. Well, a local journalist actually, I believe he bought it for about 173 million back then. And then he um, turned it around. And now the franchise, he just sold it for over $1.7 billion dollars. So to really, you know, up that, um, and then the last like five years or so have just not been good Baltimore stuff. Like the original owner, uh, he got, became super ill, so he wasn't able to do much. The team just kind of sucked. They built up their farm system. Now they're there, and there was a lot of issues going on with the ownership that kind of spread to the team. Um, yeah. I know one of the yeah. big one of the big things um, was nobody was going to be able to. Uh, re-sign any of these young prospects because a new thing lately is to re-sign a lot of these young guys early so they get them cheaper and they were basically telling the fans well don't get your hopes up because after five years they're going to be gone yeah which is ridiculous but the orioles by the way they had a hundred wins last season they had they had a winning record the year before but what you mentioned about signing young prospects and extending them and keeping them for a while was a good transition to the tigers i think colt keith got his pretty big extension it's a six-year extension uh so the, the the team will have control over him through 2032 if they want they have options each year for the final three years of that contract and so for keith i mean this guy's a rising sort of star i would say in the tigers for the tigers farm system for sure right yeah definitely he's a good left-handed power bat he's going to be good for the tigers one thing i i don't know the tigers have just I feel like they've been terrible with how they've managed their young guys over the last, mm -hmm. I don't know, whenever. Um, 15 years, maybe? 10 he's, years? He's cheap. 
you know, like you said, 2.5, million over the next, you know, six years, and then you start getting the double double digits. But I, I, I don't know. He was good. I remember one my one of my memories. I remember him playing for the Whitecaps, and when I worked grounds crew for them, one of my biggest memories for that was him hitting a walk off tank out of LMCU bar, ballpark, and that's not easy to do. Um, no, LMCU uh, for minor league bats. It's uh, it's a, it's pretty hard to hit home runs there, which sucks for the viewing pleasure. But it is also a great ballpark. Yeah, it's a wind tunnel there, so it's it's super hard to get anything up over the wall, yep. especially for how low it is. But no, good signing. I mean, it's a safe signing for the Tigers, um, because if something doesn't work out, then I don't know. Then I guess you're just giving up a couple of mil, and he's gonna be your new third baseman replacing Cabrera. So that's gonna be nice. Hopefully, you think he... you think Keith plays third, or do you think he plays second and Young plays third if Young makes it? Oh, I guess I didn't think about. I that. I think Keith's gonna play second. They don't have a second baseman really, right? I, I don't know. I I it could he could also could be in a DH way. role too. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think that'll be. Uh, Tigers fans, something to be excited about. They're going to get healthy this year. You're really going to have a, a idea of where this team is headed this season. I think there's a good chance um, they win. They could win their division, especially if things start to click with a lot of their younger prospects. I actually just saw a thing before we got on where their their props to win their division is better than some other teams that are, have way better players than them, which is yeah. interesting. And you know, in the same quality of a division. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's gonna be interesting. I think the Tigers have a good shot to at least maybe break the wild card. That AL Central is trash. So yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, they had a shot until late in the season. I think we mentioned that in the last week's show. Is that the Tigers were right there for a while? Like they had a chance. I mean, they they were in the mix at least, and then uh, the season figured itself out. Uh, is there any ML- MLB you want to finish on here? I know that they announced the Hall of Fame and the MLB cover. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pop off on the MLB The Show cover real quick because that's a game I play very religiously from about March until whenever. Yeah, you had a tweet about this, and I didn't, I didn't, I was waiting to save it for the show to ask you about why you were so fired up about it. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had one good season, and that was two years ago. Um, he was not good this year, and, um, I just, it's why would you put that on there? Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves, he's an outfielder one of the best in baseball. Why wouldn't you put the best player in baseball on the cover? You had Shohei Otani a couple years ago. Last year, you had Jazz Chisholm, which, which was is, a, uh, another interesting one. Yeah. Tatis a couple years ago was a good one. Javier Baez, never have liked him. He's never been good. Don't know why he was on it a couple years ago. It's, I, I feel like it's hit or miss. MLB The Show, love the game, good quality, good content. Just terrible at selecting uh, covers. Yeah, I kind of agree. Lately, they've been trying to lead into, I think what they're trying to do is Maybe get some attention from the younger audiences with some names that are kind of popular. I would say among young people, I think Guerrero is popular among young people, and because he had a flashy season in his rookie year and all that. But yeah, that that's a weird thing. But uh, to talk about the baseball Hall of Fame real quick, just wanted to mention Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, all going. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean those are. I mean, I feel like those players were. Prime, like just before I started getting into I baseball. I think Beltre and Maurer were two that I remembered seeing late. Me too. Like the last portion of their career, they also played a long time. Helton, not so much. Yeah. I mean, I my baseball fandom, I think, really started or really started getting into it around 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like have faint remember like memories of them. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's cool to start seeing a lot of these players um, as well. And then uh, Jim Leland, about a month ago, too, former Tigers manager, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, love Jim Leland. He's such an iconic, iconic coach. 
just ripping cigs in the you know oh my gosh yeah he's a he's a legend but I think it's a good time we should get just a slight rundown of GVSU sports just the women's and men's basketball what sort of happened last week couple things we have to hit on women's team won both their games huge blowouts Purdue Northwest they beat 92 to 53 in Parkside Wisconsin Parkside they beat 89 to 57 who's a good team Purdue Northwest not so much but they have some really good scores but they lost Ellie Dressy, their star point guard for the season, who is maybe their top player coming into this season. She leads the team in points. Huge leader for them. Uh, players and coaches were pretty emotional a- after the game. And she, you know, they lost her uh, against PNW in the second quarter. Went on a 23-2 run, sort of in the midst of that. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. Their team is a pretty well-rounded team. Alexi Plitzwhite's starting for her in her place. But that'll be tough to overcome. Yeah, I mean, things like that happen, and I know for other teams that are, you know, looking at potentially taking over Grand Valley are looking at that like, oh, you know, maybe we'll find Maybe we'll have a chance to, to beat them. Yeah, we'll have a chance to beat them, but I, I disagree with that. I think Grand Valley has a pretty good depth in terms of, you know, depth, obviously. It's just, it's, you know, you see it in the blots where they'll put other yeah. people in, and then... They come in and they are doing just as what the other starters do. So it's a great system because Coach Williams plays a lot of players and he rotates so well. And, and so, like when I asked him after the game, because I covered both the men's games and both the women's games, training writers, I asked him and he was like, "You know, Lexi's starting. Lexi Plitzowite, who's starting for Ellie Dressy. Lexi's starting," he said, "but she's really kind of been starting for a while, like all season for us, because she's averaging around twenty minutes." And so she'll step right in. I don't think they'll lose too much of a beat. Their defense is still going to be good That's because it's all effort from them, and they play really hard. And their offense, their output wasn't bad. Like, they had a really good output. So we'll see how that goes uh, and how that maybe affects them come tournament time, maybe a little more than it does during the regular season. Men's team, they lost in a buzzer beater to PNW, uh, Purdue Northwest, and then they won big against Parkside, which they needed. They're right in the thick of things in conference play. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting fourth right now, or tied for third, really. Um, you know, if a couple things fall their way, they could be sitting second by the end of the weekend, too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to them. Um, you know, you said they got, what is it, Grizzulis back? Marius Grizzulis is back, yep. So Grizzulis is back. He was out for a month and played his first game on last Thursday against PNW, didn't get a ton of minutes, then led the team in minutes with 25 and had a really good game on Saturday off the bench. I, I expect he'll start, and that could help propel them going forward they'll need it to make a run because to get into the NCAAs they're going to have to win their their uh conference tournament in the GLIAC so uh that's that uh but I want to ask you about Sawyer's Day it's like a fake throwback <laughs> what do you think about that sort of thing a little I feel like it's kind of corny yeah it is I I personally like Grand Valley's just normal home and away jerseys I think they're clean I think they're I don't know they're yeah. cool enough to me I understand I don't know Grand Valley athletic department has a constant thing of Feeling like they're Division One, but they're not, and they should. I don't know. I I understand they probably have a good sum of money, especially with how um, good they are at a lot of the different things. But they just, I don't know. It the Sawyer's thing is cheesy. The pullovers that I saw the other day just looked the, terrible. The full flannel. It like, just looks terrible. Yeah. I I don't know. I like I like having just like one jersey that's like different, and they wear it every now and then. I see. I know a lot of college basketball they wore teams do that. A Grand Rapids, like a City Connect, sort of like the NBA yeah. does, and sort of thing. That's cool. Do something related to the city. Don't do something. What is Sawyer's? We're in. We're west of Grand Rapids by like twenty minutes. You yeah. know why? What 
when not, I see the Sawyer's even. Day things, I think middle of the woods. This feels like it would be something that yeah. fits with Lake Superior State. It fits with the Northern Michigan, you know? Michigan Tech, something yeah. like that. Like, not Grand Valley. Even I, Ferris, a little further north, north, it could make a little more sense for them. There's not, and, like, and a right national anymore. forest anywhere near here. So it's, like, I mean, maybe yeah. towards the lake, but still, it's, yeah. like... Yeah, it's weird. I agree. It's a little weird. It's a fake throwback. It's a faux back. That's what they call it. I don't know what else to say about it. Don't really love it. Um, but we've got just a couple minutes here left, and so uh, maybe we can... <laughs> wrap up Grand Valley sports here and just get over that. I wanted to mention one last player who's going to be crucial down the stretch for the women's team, Nicole Kameen, uh, who had a, a great week last week. Uh, and Kameen is a better scorer than maybe she's given credit for because their system is so good and, and the points are spread around. But Kameen's a really good player, and they can lean on her, I think, going forward if they have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's averaging 8.3 uh, points a uh, a game this year. Um, Three-point shooting is just a little bit down, but when she's hot, she's hot, and she can continue riding that wave. Yeah, and one offensive player league of the week in the GLIAC last week had, a, I think, maybe two times she, she had her game or season, her career high, excuse me, set. She set her season high, I think, and then set her career high the next game with 20 points. And Kameen's a really good scorer. She can get downhill. If they want to feed her and make that a point of their offense, I think they could. They also have two good bigs, Megan Crow, Riley Bisbal, very good in the post. So I think they're going to be okay. Wanted to wrap up uh, on that. Jackson, is there anything else that you wanted to hit on before we end the show here? No, uh, just make sure to go check out our socials, SBO Radio Show on most things. Uh, you'll be able to see it's like a blue logo. So yeah, sports pretty... plus opinion. We're, we're working on... We're in a logo workshop right now, I'd say. We're trying to figure out what we want our avatar to be uh, or po poster or whatever you want to call it on socials. So that you might see that change, but it's identifiable. SPO Radio Show, Sports Plus Opinion. Yeah, uh, and Jackson, what do you think? Uh, that, that's always like a tough thing, right? What do you think we want to do with that? I think that's one of those weird things. It's like, do we want to keep it? You don't want to overdo it, right? You can't no, put too keep much. Simple. Keep it simple. So we're going to keep it simple, maybe not as simple as it is. Uh, any any closing remarks here before we head off other than that? No. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. This has been the SPO Radio Show, Sports Plus Opinion on WCKS The Whale. It's on all platforms everywhere. You can listen to it. I'm Nelson Hubble. I'm joined by Jackson Hyden, and thanks for listening, guys.